Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. We've got a couple awesome stories here. Our first one's by Nuclear Wasteoid, when the gift horse bites you back. My story begins about six years ago. I was a frequent and dedicated customer of a locally owned smoke and vape shop in my hometown. The owner heard me say I was looking and offered me a job. It'll have to be under the table and I can't pay more than $10 an hour. I was just happy to be out of the house and seeing someone other than the kids and family. So the owner spent a day training me, gave me her cell number and door keys, then told me to call if I had any questions. That was it. No other info besides, call me if you need pricing. It was kind of a sink or swim thing. They then started another business in another state. My shop was in California, and they opened another biz on the other side of the country. I went from Friday and Saturday to full-time. I went two months without being paid because they just never came home. I finally told them, look, I'm basically just running the place alone. I can do all the ordering and whatnot, send you it for approval, and then you can just stay there and pay me via Zelle. They said yes to all of it, except for the pay part. Instead, they would have their family friend T check the books and receipts, then check my hours, then pay me up to that date every two weeks. T got paid quite handsomely, but also took whatever she pleased from the shop too. I took note of everything she took, how long she was there, and sent all of it to the owner, Lisa. T did not like that, because it was all taken out of her pay. So she started being busy and not showing up to pay me when she was supposed to. Instead of every two weeks, it was every month, or every five or six weeks. And then I had to text my boss to beg for an advance of pay to get gas. So from two days a week to seven days a week with 10-hour days, Lisa and her hub refused to pay for expensive software, so I did all the supply lists and tax stuff and ordering on my Google Drive and sent the info they wanted by email. Eventually, I began to get calls that I had the wrong music playing on the stereo, I played reggae and she wanted hardcore rap, that she wanted that or this customer out now, which I generally ignored because they were paying customers after all, or things like that. I began updating and improving the shop at their request, all on my own dime that they swore to reimburse, which brought in a bunch of customers and new stock. Our CBD section and customer base bloomed. Our vape section went from two shelves to an entire wall, and people from other cities came to our shop because I could repair almost anything that was broken. Our water tobacco pipes area became huge, with hand-blown glass pieces from famous and very well-known artists on sale. From my connections, they got them super cheap and boosted that price 400% to sell them. Basically, I took a small-town, rinky-dink vape and smoke shop and made it hugely successful, very profitable, and well-known across the state. All this time, I was told I would be getting a percentage of the profits and that I was family, and they always treat family well, with profit-sharing being done at Christmas. 
Christmas comes and I'm told, our other biz is doing bad. Can we pay you the percent in six months? I agreed. More the idiot I. COVID happened, but we kept our head above waters, becoming listed as a necessary business. I pointed out their business license still listed them as selling food and snacks even though they didn't. So we stayed open. All the other shops cut their hours or closed, but we were pulling in cash like never before. Tea was still coming sporadically, and I was working my butt off, but since I love the shop and my customers, I tolerated it. But as I was massively overworked, I eventually paid for it. I was admitted into the hospital for two weeks for exhaustion and a heart condition that the exhaustion made worse. The whole time I was in there, my boss kept calling and making me prove I was in the hospital. I had calls constantly from T who filled in, and just in general, Lisa was pissy as heck that I was in the hospital and not her shop. I get out and back in the shop, and she asked me to work on a huge project for her. Scan five years worth of register receipts, enter the daily totals for all five years into a spreadsheet separated by year, cash, credit, CBD cash, CBD credit, credit report, total bank deposit, hours worked, discounts given, etc., Took me three weeks to do it all, saved to my Google Drive, then emailed to Lisa. Never thought about it again. Then she calls me frantic because the accountant said it looked like we made way too much during COVID. I told Lisa that we'd been the only shop open. That was the difference. She demanded I resend the spreadsheets, but only the part for that year, 2020. I do, then out of nowhere, she fires me. Sends in T with T's daughter, my replacement, and tells me to pack up and leave. No final pay, no reimbursement for the profit sharing, nothing. I called Lisa, and she tells me something that pisses me off to this day. You're bringing in the wrong kind of people. I didn't work that hard to update and open that place for you to fill it with F-slur for LGBTQ and N-word. That is it. And that she would settle up my last pay later. She didn't. I was pissed. I left. I'm a lesbian. She knew that. When our store was at its worst during COVID, the LGBTQ community came together and supported the shop because I was there and we all helped one another. Our biggest and best paying customers were LGBTQ. So I let them all know what was said. I also told a few well-placed people about what Lisa had said during our phone call. I also had numerous texts where she had screen capped the security feed and pointed out people to run off who strangely had all been persons of color. I also told the leader of the local LGBTQ association and the chamber of commerce leaders what had been said and showed my proof. As they were former customers of mine, they were appalled and spread it far and wide, utterly destroying their customer base. A month after firing me, she called, apologizing for the firing and making up excuses for not paying me, then asking where I had saved that spreadsheet. I told her that it was all on my Google Drive. She said if I sent it to the accountant again, she would settle up. Just don't send her 2020. She already has that one. So after making my life miserable for years, putting me in the hospital and then firing me just to pay T's daughter $5 an hour more? Yeah, I'm taking my revenge. She gave me the number of her accountant so that I could make sure the info got to her. I called Miss Accountant and asked her, Can you send me what you do have? I don't want you to go through duplicate documents if you don't have to. See, I knew that Lisa had been tweaking numbers and figures so that her other biz, medical marijuana, could funnel through the store and be seen as legit. 
See, if you sell medical marijuana, you couldn't really put it into a normal bank. Because if the feds wanted to, they could seize it because it is still federally illegal. And banks are under federal rules. You had to prove that the money didn't come from selling medical marijuana to get it back, which could take years. There are banks that deal solely with people in the marijuana business, but even the cheapest account at the cheapest institution has a $1,000 a month flat fee. This was back in 2020 though, maybe it's different now. My boss was not one to pay money like that just for a bank account, so she was laundering it through the store. Her accountant thought the numbers were suspicious but had no proof until now. I was sent all the spreadsheets that Lisa had sent her, and wow, was she in trouble. She was claiming that our little store was making over $10,000 a day more than we really were. And it all started happening in, you guessed it, 2020. So I accidentally sent her the real spreadsheets for 2020 with all the scanned receipts and credit report scans and bank deposit scans. All the info needed to really blast Lisa into the stratosphere. The accountant called and asked me, are these all real? Are you sure these are the right figures? I said, yep. All she needed to do was click on the day and it hyperlinked you to all that day's info. Register receipt for the day, the square breakdown for the CBD sold that day, and the bank deposit and credit report receipts. I told her that these were the fully updated and accurate info for that year. I remember the accountant sounded stunned. She disliked my boss as much as I did for her lies, late payments, and utter contempt she treated her with. I emailed Lisa and told her all the info was sent and that I was waiting for the payment as promised. Surprise, surprise, she blocked me and no payment went through. As I was paid under the table, it was a she said, she and her husband and her best friend and her new worker said. So it was the least I could do to take her and her lying butt down. I also looked up the IRS tips email and sent them copies of the real and altered files along with a copy of their business licenses. They would ask me to text them copies of them and their tobacco license and then also called code enforcement and let them know that their fire alarm system didn't work, that they had no emergency exit, and that their extinguisher hadn't been serviced in four years. They just sent a friend to fake it. I turned them into the FDA website for selling to underage customers. The new cashier was selling to underage all the time, and then sent in an anonymous tip that they were selling carts and wax they had made at their new business on the East Coast and were selling out of the shop. The fallout was glorious. They were shut down by code enforcement and the fire department for having black mold on the walls due to leaks they refused to fix, exposed wiring, no up-to-date servicing on the fire alarm system, and the fire extinguisher was inoperable. They were shopped by the FDA and had to pay some pricey fines for three different underage sales and had their tobacco license pulled. Right now, the IRS is doing a complete audit of the last 10 years of the store's taxes, and they shut the store's doors down for good about two months ago. The bad part? I never got to hear what happened to their East Coast medical marijuana business. Huh. Oh well. Them's the breaks, I guess. Considering everything this lady's done, do you think that she's gonna end up getting some jail time? Do they deserve jail time? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And by the way, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. They're chocked full of awesome stories like this. 
And speaking of awesome stories, our last one for the day is from MobMan111. Bully kids for being gay? Time to put you in their shoes. In my school, during the time I was there, there was a lot of social stigma with being a homosexual within a school environment. No one ever came out publicly due to the amount of bullying and general buttery that would follow, so it was a closed shop. I'm personally straight, a victim of bullying for reasons that aren't related to my sexuality, but a victim of bullying nonetheless. I knew I wasn't really able to stop this on my own, so I just moved on and tried to make their lives better through things like programming clubs. I'm well versed in my knowledge of programming languages. During my third year there, I remember there was a particular little freaker who I'm all name Dip for this story, and he was relentless. His parents were strict Christians, but not in the sense of love and peace. More like hate and repent for things out of your control. They would let him get away with bullying the LGBT kids due to the fact that those F-words deserve it for going against God. The school would try everything to prevent him, and in their defense, they did suspend him for a few days. But after the poop storm his parents kicked up for this incident, he was acquitted almost every single time after this. One particular incident caught my eye. When he cornered a kid who was rumored to be gay without having even been confirmed and beat the poop out of him, calling him an F-word and telling him to repent. More so sarcastically, not in a serious sense. I don't remember the details of the case, but I'm fairly certain nothing came about it due to the lack of evidence, but the victim was scarred. Frankly, I'd had enough. I began to work on a particular program which was my first RAT, allowing me to transfer files between computers as well as run commands in admin on their PCs. This was in the before times before people were big on e-safety, which essentially gave me full control. I sent them these rats in various forms through disposable emails so they'd have no idea it was me. I then began my planning, downloading various files of gay adult entertainment, not for personal use, and began to transfer it. I always made sure it was in places where they wouldn't ever look. Windows directory, sample videos, the usual, then waited. I remember it was a day where we were all in class together, I took out my laptop, sent a single command which essentially was a function to do one thing, open it all up. The greatest part about this exploit was that it also forced the sound to play through the speakers as well as blasting it at full volume. Close ups of the most depraved, poorly drawn stuff. Once that was all open, I just kept resending the command each time they closed it, making sure to only do it once no one could pinpoint it was being done automatically. Obviously, the school informed his parents, and as strict Christians, who remember, hate and repent, were absolutely freaking furious. If I recall correctly, they disowned him and the local Christian community exiled him from the church, refusing to allow him back in. Without his parents, he had to live with his equally but more accepting and less wealthy aunt and uncle, who constantly berated him for being gay despite his protests. It was rumored they signed him up for electroshock gay conversion therapy. At school, he felt the crab storm these kids felt as well, being called gay and getting hurt left and right. Due to this, he didn't pass any of his exams and as such was stuck at a dead-end job for two years of his life. Due to the events in his life up to that point, he took up alcohol as a suppressant for the pain and as such was swiftly fired from his job for his ethanol-induced escapades. 
I'm not very sure where he is now, but I know that wherever he goes, he won't bully anyone ever again. And that is the branding I was looking for. Well, I'm gonna say this is definitely nuclear because what OP did just sent them on a roller coaster. But instead of an up and down, it was just a straight down. And when it collided with the ground, it still just kept going down. And similarly, in their parents' eyes, their view of him crashed and went down to a certain place that's very steamy. You gotta love people who are so hardcore on religion that are willing to say stuff like repent and like seek God and and change your ways, but then immediately follow that up with the equivalent of a religious form of grabbing your hand, hitting you and saying, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. They were probably shoving their own kid out of their lives in their community while also saying repent and seek God and stuff. No second chances here, but consider seeking a second chance. That said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.